Welcome to the Free Retiree Show. My name is Lee Michael Murphy. I've been in wealth management for the last 10 years right in the heart of the Silicon Valley. People have always asked me, how do I achieve financial independence? And while the financial world wants you to believe it's as simple as investing your money, I'm here to tell you it's a small piece of the puzzle. I've seen four consistent factors in the people that have achieved financial independence. One, they excel in their career. Two, they manage their money properly. Three, they're able to avoid devastating financial mistakes. They can see through the BS. And lastly, they understand they need to learn from the best, the people that have achieved success in their career and their finances. Join us on our journey as we learn how to become free retirees. Welcome into the Free Retiree Show. You're sitting down with career advisor Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? Silicon Valley's favorite attorney, Matt McElroy. What's going on? And myself, Wolf Manager, Lee Michael Murphy. Thank you for tuning into our show. Today, we got a great topic for you. We're going to be talking about the college environment for people that are graduating. Right now, we're in a challenging time with COVID-19. The history books, when they think about what every what everyone has gone through for 2019, 2020, it's going to show that we were the most resilient people on the planet in every generation. Well, maybe not that much, but I think we deserve that title. But 2020 has been a year full of challenges, full of adversity. And while most of us are aware of the challenges that small businesses face, healthcare, travel, dining, you can make a solid argument that no segment of society has experienced more of a negative impact than college grads. When the class of 2020 graduated, the unemployment rate for 20 to 24 year olds was over 20%. And the general population was in the low teens. And according to a recent study from Michigan State University, 25% of employers pulled back their offers to recent college grads. And at this point in time, there has never been a greater number of kids living at home, ages 18 to 29, living at home with their parents. That number is 52%. As I, as I stated, never since the Great Depression. So it's a crazy time. And right now, we got the privilege of bringing on two awesome, on the track to graduating, uh, Katerina and Isabella. They're both seniors for Santa Clara University, and they're scheduled to graduate in 2021, in the springtime. They have amazing backgrounds in terms of their experience. Katarina, she's worked at Google, LinkedIn, Cisco, and Nutanix, all for internships. And Isabella has worked at Cisco, AWS, and Adobe. And on top of that, they're amazing tennis players, junior pro tennis players. But even great candidates like this have felt the adversity and the challenges of trying to get a job right out of school. So Serge, what's your thoughts on this whole situation we're going through? Yeah, I mean, I got to pause. That was an amazing intro. I, I, this is the third That's compliment the I've given yet. you today. And I, I don't like giving you compliments. So. That's what I do, son. Well done, my friend. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm super excited. I've talked and, you know, I've had conversations with both Katarina and Isabella a few times. And they are kind of super smart, impressive young people. You know, when, when we were that age, we were nowhere near where they're at. They've had jobs since they, you know, were, were kids, since they were like 13. That's when it started. And I think that passion and work ethic, I'm just excited to learn from them and hear their experience because this is this is a challenging time. 
You know, yeah, one so of the most challenging times, like you said. This will be a great episode because it's going to give that insight that I think a lot of people aren't thinking about, like what it's like to be graduating right now. And, you know, there's also people that are in that space where they might have lost their job. So this episode, if you stay tuned, you're going to learn what these kids are going through, how we can help them, what things they have done to achieve success. And we'll also be talking about what you can do if you are struggling, finding a job or need to switch a job. All things we're going to talk about today. But before we go to the break, I got to ask you guys, Serge and Maddie, first job out of college. What do you remember about it? Was it a good experience? Bad experience? Let's, I want to hear it. So Serge, I'll start with you. First job out of college. Wow. So we, so I graduated in 07. So they, it was a similar kind of situation where the market was terrible. My first job was uh, enterprise rent-a-car. I was a management trainee and uh, biggest memory is just how good at cleaning cars I got. You know, I was really good at cleaning cars and um, selling insurance, convincing people to buy insurance they didn't need. I was really, really good at that. You and me both, right? <laughs> that was my second job out of college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was your first? Oh, no, you were at Court of Balls. No, my- no, that was like in college. Uh, my first job out of college was working for a small rinky-dink company selling credit card processing equipment. It was extremely challenging. So like when I got out of school, it was the same time around Sergio did, and it was just the thick of the Great Recession. I mean, we can totally relate with the twins because we came out at a terrible time as well. But man, when I came out of school, I didn't do the internship. So I got this job at this credit card, uh, credit card processing company, and I went door to door all through San Jose. And I think I told you guys this. I had a lady throw a shoe at me, yep. almost whack me in the face. I even had, oh, one, one story. I had a guy that was, uh, he had a martial arts store, and he took out his bamboo stick and threatened to hit me in the face with it. So it was not the best job experience. I hated it, but that's what I went through. Maddie, what about you? You know, I didn't really have a real job after graduating from college. I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I knew I was going to go to law school and I was kind of doing, going through the steps with the LSAT, and getting all those things in line to apply. And I had an opportunity with my brothers working at nightclubs. I got to bartend and, it, oh, yeah, you know, right. I, I just San Jose Bar and Grill, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Trace Gringos, San Jose Bar Trace and Grill. Gringos. Yeah. Um, where else? I even got uh, there was that wet a couple times, and then uh, that was that was a really ghetto nightclub. And then and then I got went to Redwood City and worked at the Tequila Lounge for a few years. Yeah. So not not real jobs though. <laughs> not stel- not stellar, you know, jobs for I think all three of us. You know, no. with all those big lofty dreams coming out of college. But oh yeah, if I could uh, do it again, I would do it completely different in and, you know, target more in my, you know, what the field I wanted to go into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in college, I would have, instead of eating Little Caesars and playing video games, like I would have done internships, like the people were bringing on. I think it's just a different mindset. I think the level, these kids are so resilient, not kids, but like young people today are pretty resilient and smart. And they're like, just way ahead of the curve. I feel like. Yeah. Well, they have, they have so many more resources too, you know, with everything available now, you know, to enable them to kind of level up like that. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, man, let's just admit it. These these twins that we're bringing on today, I mean, they're just better than we were. Come on. Come on. Yeah, they're better than we are, are now, not. probably. Resources are not. That's a very, very astute observation. All right, guys. So we're going to go to the break. But before we do so, make sure you like our show. If you have a question, please send it to ask at thefreeretiree.com. We really appreciate all the love and support we've been getting. And if you guys reach out to us and you have an episode request if it's career related money related or business related please send us the email we will make an episode uh our fans are important to us so if you have a topic that's on your mind that you want us to do an episode on let us know we're going to go to the break but when we're back we're going to be sitting down with isabella and katarina stay tuned into the free retiree show we're sitting down with katarina and isabella upcoming soon to graduate seniors coming out of santa clara university guys how are you guys doing we're doing well thank you so much for having us on the show it's our pleasure we were stoked when we heard that you guys were coming on and i think you guys have a valuable path that right now it might seem like it sucks but i think when it's all said and done you guys are going to look back on this, and I think you guys will be a great example of how to handle adversity. So we're pumped to have you on. Yeah, well, thank you so much for saying that. And yeah, I'm sure in a couple of years, we'll look back and have much more positives than like, I guess, a lot of the struggles we've had to deal with in college up until this point. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So for our listeners, Isabella and Katharina are twins, and they're much more than just twins. Obviously, they have great wealth of knowledge and experience. So we wanted to start with just like your journeys. So if both of you guys or one of you could just give us just a rundown of who you are, what you're about, um, just so we can just better understand. So we grew up in like a very like intercultural like um, household. Our dad was Serbian. Our mom was half Hungarian, half French. Um, and our dad was always super strict and our mom was more of the kind of like easygoing one and like focused on us having like a fun childhood, even though we played competitive tennis from the early age of eight. And our dad was very much had the dream of us going pro. And so did we. So tennis was basically our life from the age of eight to 14. We trained at the United States Tennis Academy. Um, we thought we were just going to finish up high school and then pursue our dream of going pro. You guys but are going to take out the Williams sisters, huh? Yeah. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking the next, that. The next um, <laughs> tennis sisters. But yeah, a lot of things got in the way of that and we decided to pivot. We were homeschooled, but we returned to high school. We continued to play tennis, but we just played on the team. And then that lent to our first job coaching tennis at different clubs, private lessons, um working tournaments. working tournaments and then we applied to college which was a whole ordeal because it was just we never thought we were gonna have to go that path um, but we are super fortunate to be able to attend Santa Clara University and get into the business school 
and then from there, I mean, the school was located in the Silicon Valley. So we kind of just fell into tech. We realized early on we had zero network. So we used LinkedIn to kind of build our network, gain a supportive community, leverage people at our university to help out um, in terms of how do you land an internship? What does a resume look like and all those things? And then we found like super amazing people who helped us throughout our four years and are really grateful for all the experiences we had at various tech companies. And yeah, that's that was kind of our background from tennis to tech industry, in college middle, tech industry. In the middle, we had a lot of ups and downs and a lot of struggles. Like first one, getting into college wasn't easy. We knew we would have to either get like some type of scholarship or be working full time to be able to afford college since we would be the ones supporting ourselves mm -hmm. through that. So yeah. fortunately, Santa Clara did give us some um, um, financial aid and then we've both been working almost full-time throughout college to support ourselves and pay tuition bills and then even the internship process we were always like applying and networking and stuff and it wasn't easy especially not having um, family or like connections who were kind of able to like support us or give advice of, like how do you apply to a job like what is a resume what is a LinkedIn that's all kind of stuff we researched on our own and lucky that we had each other to kind of support each other and like give each other yeah. feedback um, and be kind of support systems for each other. It, it sounds like you you landed at Santa Clara but that's a great university. How did, how did that happen? We, so we played actually a tournament with our high school in the Bay Area and we were at different schools. We played at Stanford and then we had a few matches at Santa Clara and we absolutely love the school and we of course said like this is way too expensive we're not going to apply but a few friends said you love the school it has a great business school just submit your app it like does nothing to just apply and we ended up getting an amazing financial aid package and scholarships from the university and it was like a no-brainer to accept to go there um, and like Isabella said any other expenses we had in terms of moving to the bay and um, having to like pay for other expenses like books and stuff like that we just we worked we paid the few tuition bills that we had to and so we were very grateful um, for that and we're helping our cousins now with college apps now and we're like apply to all the schools you want to go to of course have those backups that are less expensive and stuff but you never know what's going to happen and yeah we're forever grateful for what Santa Clara did for us. Now it seems that you know, you guys went to an amazing school. Yeah, Santa Clara's got a great reputation. But do you guys feel that your class is ready for what COVID-19 threw at it? Do you, what, what's the consensus between the people you went to school? Like, how, how do they feel about this current job environment? Is it something that you think as a whole 2020 class was prepared for? Or did it really set a lot of people back? I think it would probably be split like the people who were super invested in their career search and either like had internships this summer and are going back full time to whatever internships they had. I think there's also like the other half who either were doing like fellowships during college or decided to pursue other um, types of work or um, experiences throughout college. And they just thought like, once you graduate, like it's normal process where Santa Clara has a very high, like once you graduate, you get a job. I think it's as high as like 85% or something. 
So I think a lot of people are very like uncertain now with like the current job market, even me like having interned at some really big name companies like the past few months have been like really, really tough for the job search, like lots of rejection, like not getting even like initial like um, interviews and such for like the companies I'm applying to. So it is like very, very different than what I expected it to be. Like having these internships during college, I thought I would have a relatively easy process of getting my first job out of college. So COVID has definitely turned a lot of students um, for a loop, something we definitely weren't expecting. And it is like a lot harder, like less new grad programs being offered, um, like Lee mentioned um, in the beginning, um, offers being rescinded for new grads for the class of 2020. So I think the class of 2021 is just seeing what happened to the class of 2020, class of 2020 grads still struggling to find work. And then the class of 21 trying to figure out, okay, if class of 2020 still doesn't have jobs, like how are we supposed to navigate this market? So um, yeah, I think it's definitely been tough for new grads last year and this year, um, especially too. And I would like, on top of that though, I would say that at Santa Clara, I've been talking to a few people and obviously been in the process with my sister, helping her as much as I can. Although there are, are challenges. I think people are staying optimistic. I think a lot of companies now are getting used to the virtual environment um, and kind of have navigated COVID so far. So I'm hopeful that 2021 will be better in terms of opportunities for new grads. And you see a lot of companies opening up headcount. So at least with my friends, they are staying hopeful if they didn't find anything now. Um, they're hoping 2021 brings more opportunities and are just targeting industries that are hiring. So I think it's just a matter of re-strategizing, taking the time that you have now extra, figuring out what is it that I want to do instead of rushing into something that you might not really like. I think it's always finding the opportunity, even though it feels like it's going to be a never-ending struggle. I, I feel yeah. like if you're just invested, work hard the new grads will will land something even if it's not their dream job right after college yeah katarina can you talk to us a little bit about your your path congrats on the role at google um mm -hmm. i think it's something to be proud of um can you talk to us about kind of your path the ups and the downs and maybe some things that stood out things you did differently just for our listeners who are kind of in that same situation yeah so i came into college. My first internship in tech was at a startup pre-IPO. From there, I knew like during the school year and in summers, I wanted to leverage my time in the Silicon Valley to get experiences, even if it was just part-time when I was still doing school. Um, Google came to Santa Clara a few times and talked about the Bold Internship Program, which is the program I was part of. And I knew like since going to those programs, I wanted to land the internship, but of course knew it was very competitive. So I built my network at Google. I went a few times to visit the campus and network with alumni or people who worked in functions that I was interested in. And then come application time, I made sure my resume was perfect. It was catered to the role that I wanted and um, applied with a referral as well, a Santa Clara alum offered to refer me and kind of support me through the process. And then from there, just waited. It was a long timeline. Google is, gets a lot of applications, so I had to wait a while. I was interviewing with other companies, so I felt prepared when I had to interview with Google. And 
yeah, just prep myself a lot for the interview um, process. I had my sister as well, helping me with questions and things like that. And was really grateful when I got the opportunity. I would say that any big tech company like Google, like Facebook, Adobe, Amazon, so many people apply. So I think it's really important for people to realize, even if you get rejected from a company like Google, it doesn't mean that another company isn't going to take you. Like I got so many rejections from other big tech companies during that timeline, but Google accepted me. So I would just say if people are looking to get into some big tech companies or other competitive spaces, just because you get a few no's from companies doesn't mean that you're going to get no from all of them. Yeah. Kudos to you for landing that job because there's a lot of people that have, have tons of years of experience under their belt in the Silicon Valley that can't land that job that you did. So that, I mean, I've looked at the stat before and last stat I checked was about 1% of the applicants actually get a role at Google. So what was it for you that made you stand out? You know, obviously it's not your overall work experience because you're, you're just coming out of school. So what was your, what was your superpower? What was your superpower that got you that role? Yeah, I would, so I would say for the internship, I think the application process is a little bit different than full-time. The BOLD program, I think, is about like 100 students, I believe. Um, and then you get the amazing opportunity during that internship, during that 11 weeks, it's kind of like an 11-week interview for full-time. So after I went through the 11 weeks, I had to do some process to be considered for full-time and an exit interview and then I got the offer for full-time which I accepted and I'm really excited to go into I would say in terms of what set me apart I would say one it was definitely having a network of people not necessarily that the referral was the reason why I landed the job I think a referral maybe helps you land the interview but won't help you land the job you need to interview well I, I would say how my network helped me was I reached out to so many people before my interview and said, like, can you help me in terms of interview questions? What are some things that I should focus on in terms of preparation? What should I say versus like not say and things like that? So many little things that if I didn't have the network, I would kind of be going in blind. Like, what is Google looking for? I think another thing was during the interview, I focused on what sets me apart, not, oh my gosh, I interviewed at, I mean, I worked at all these other tech companies before, so I have the experience, but really like, who am I as a person? What unique attributes do I bring to the company and to the specific program that I was going to be part of? And then also making sure to highlight my struggles during the interview process, like how university, the first few weeks were super hard for me, how I switched my major so many times, how I had like a very hard like upbringing in childhood and all those things and then my tennis background so things that I think a lot of times in interviews we try to answer the question how we want the company to to like have us answer but really like people are, and these big companies are looking for unique applicants not like you're the same as a hundred applicants we already interviewed yeah. like really what sets you apart and that's different for everyone. So yeah, those are some things that I think helped me. And of course, like I attended all the events when Google came to campus, I kept in touch with my contacts um, 
on Friday nights when my friends were at parties and doing all these other fun things. I was in my room submitting apps, looking at videos about like working in tech, taking LinkedIn learning courses. So I feel like it was throughout college, I was taking little steps towards like my bigger goal of landing the internship. And then obviously throughout the internship, I worked really hard so that I could be considered for the full-time role. What would you say is probably like one of your your most valuable takeaways from, you know, the 11-week internship at Google? Yeah, I would say biggest takeaway was at Google that they really, when they say they like start you from like the beginning running, they really do. My first week, I was so busy and they really give you the freedom to take the lead on your work. And I feel like at all the other companies I've been at, I've experienced that too, but I would say it was a little bit different at Google. And because it was a virtual internship, it was also very different than I expected, but my manager was super hands-off. I got to take the lead on, on a lot of different things. And I would say, as long as you voice like what you're interested in, what you're passionate about at Google to your managers, to your teammates, they're really open to giving you opportunity to kind of explore different spaces and take on new opportunities. So I was really grateful during those 11 weeks to learn so much. Um, and like looking back, I, I think like, wow, 11 weeks, all I accomplished. And then I started school and like life was a lot slower, like outside of my internship and COVID still being there and every day feeling the same. I look back and think about how much I, I grew throughout those 11 weeks and how Google really supports, especially new grads and their new grad programs to grow and really pursue what you're passionate about. Yeah, hundred percent, Isabella. So one of the things I was thinking about is how both both of you are pretty ac- um, active on LinkedIn. Can you just talk to us a little bit about how you leverage the platform through your job search? It's going a little bit differently than your sister's right now. So we'd love just to hear how you leverage LinkedIn and other tools just to kind of get you through the job search. Yeah, so LinkedIn, I feel like has been something my sister and I have used since about like sophomore year of college. We like knew that that was going to be a tool that would like really set us apart um, in the job search and having no network to lean on, like from family members and friends. We knew like using LinkedIn, we could like talk to people who are working at our so-called like dream companies. Um, so I think for my sister and I, we just started sending cold messages to people working at like LinkedIn, Adobe, Google, and just ask for 30 minutes of their time to like ask them about the role, ask them about how they got to the company, ask them if they know of any opportunities. Um, so that's- Didn't we connect? How did we connect on LinkedIn? How did we end up? Was it Ileana? I think it was Ileana. Ileana introduced us, but yes. we also met Ileana from LinkedIn. Um, Shout out to Ileana Meyer. Yes. Ileana Meyer is the best. <laughs> She's the marketing um, manager for the free retiree, the free retiree show. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, we've met some like great friends and then some great mentors using LinkedIn. So for me, I think going through my job search, I'm very, very happy that I built up my network to this point. So I have at this point, like close to like 50 to a hundred people who I can follow up with and like ask for advice, ask for if they know of any opportunities. And I'm very lucky. I took the time throughout college to build up that network. So I'm not as I guess lost now. Like I have a list of my like top five to 10 dream companies who I would be like over the moon to like get a full-time offer from. 
Um, and I think not having that network, it would be a little bit harder for me to be thinking like, I want to work at X company post-graduation. How am I going to make that happen? I think having that built-in network, I'm able to seek feedback like week to week and hop on calls with them. They're able to like, let me know, like if any opportunities will be opening and I'm very fortunate for that. So I think even regardless of where students are right now, or even early in career professionals, like it's never too late to start using LinkedIn and having a network is like invaluable, even if they don't help you immediately. Like a lot of the connections I form, like they weren't the people who like gave me referrals to the internships. They weren't the people who helped me necessarily get the jobs I've had during college, but I know that my network will be with me forever, regardless if they're the people who helped me get my first time job. I know they'll be with me once I start my career and I'm looking to make a pivot. Yeah, I think it's using LinkedIn. People are always willing to like offer their advice and people like to share. People like to know that they're helping others. So I would just leverage that to your um, advantage. Yeah, yeah. So Isabella, I know you've worked at Cisco, AWS, and Adobe. I mean, I just got to give you big props because you know, the three hosts of the free retiree show. I mean, we weren't doing any of that when we were in school and no. you've done, you've done, I mean, I was, I was opening a gate at a hotel resort. Matt was doing BNC. bars, uh, Serge was playing video games. So you guys, have, you guys, have. I, I can see us working for you guys at some point in time in this near future. So, but give us a, give us a little bit on those companies. I mean, you're obviously a, phenomenal find a great talent what would be those five companies that you mentioned that you would be like yeah i would be over the moon if i got a shot there yeah i think for me these are like my top five companies are companies i've like had the chance to visit and network at and they've come to campus and i've been able to interact with so i've really gotten exposed to their cultures um and for me like i would be so happy to work at so those like for one, it would be like Google. I was recruiting for the same internship as my sister. LinkedIn has always been a company, like since I use the platform so much, like I really love what the company is doing. Adobe, I've absolutely loved my time as an intern. Um, since I'm there, obviously using my network to try to find opportunities at the company for full time. And I think there's a ton of other tech companies in the Bay Area. I feel like Google, LinkedIn, Adobe, those have been companies who I've had the most chance during college to like network with people and really be exposed to the culture. So I would be obviously very happy to land there, but I'm keeping an open mind to the Silicon Valley. It's like super, super big. There's a bunch of smaller companies like Asana, like VMware. Um, there's a ton of other companies in the Bay. So I like go through my list every day of, I don't know, I have like 20, about 20 companies who I check their job boards every day, like see if there's any updates. I'm making sure like that I have at least one contact at every company I plan to apply to that I have someone there who can like place a referral or like put me in connection with someone. So I think it's just a daily thing of me thinking, okay, if I want to land a job at any of these companies like I want to make sure I know someone I want to make sure I know how the process works um I think it just makes you a little bit more comfortable like submitting an application to a company when you know that you know someone there now why, why didn't you include Facebook on that list <laughs> Facebook I feel I 
Facebook is definitely be a honest, company I honest. hope to work for, but <laughs> they don't offer many new grad roles. So right. I feel like I've been focusing most of my search, like being realistic with myself. Yeah. Um, like I, Facebook is obviously a company I would also really love to work for, but I've been doing a lot of research on like which companies do new grad roles and yeah. Facebook is definitely on the list of roles I check every day, but unfortunately I never see anything that I'm qualified to apply to. And I think along the lines of that, another hard thing for new grads is a lot of these big tech companies and even small ones are contracting a lot of roles. And I feel like at Facebook, and this is, I've been helping my sister a lot with, we'll find like an amazing opportunity and then we'll see in like small letters, this is a contract position. And I feel like that's always something hard too, is like, ent- especially during COVID, having a contract position is, it's easily cut. So I feel like with a lot of my friends are trying to avoid contract if possible, Sorry. even if that means getting into the company later in their career, waiting out COVID, not taking on the contract and then reevaluating that company um, later on. Yeah, and I, I going off of that, I think contracting is like different for different people based on like their background and like if they have something to fall back on, um, like whether that's like being able to live at family if like your job gets cut or like having a backup plan. So I think for some people I've talked to, they think contracting is an amazing route to get into a company and something. I'm still evaluating, but I think contracting, especially in the age of COVID, people—it's it's very different for different people based on like where they're coming from and what they're, yeah, um, what they can fall back on. Yeah, I think given your both of your you know your experience, like I don't think you necessarily need to go the contractor route because you've had all those internships, which is it's like incredible. And I, something I wanted to touch on, and is I think it's Isabella that you you actually learned a ton during your internship where you learned that you didn't want to be in sales, right? Mm-hmm. I think I, I was just, that really hit me because I was like, you were able to do that early on in your career. It took me like five or six years in my career to figure that out. So the importance of, in, of internships is just like massive, right? Yeah, I think like doing internships during college is super, super important. I think, especially going into my junior year internship, my plan was, okay, I'm going to do this internship sales is something I think I'm going to like, and it's going to convert to a full-time job. But midway through my internship with Amazon, I realized that sales was definitely not something I wanted to pursue. I love like the company. The company did an amazing job with the internship, but I knew like this is definitely not what I want to pursue full-time. And I was lucky to have a supportive manager who like asked me, like, is this something you want to do? Like, what do you see yourself doing post-grad? So didn't um, end up going forward with like getting a return offer and converting to full time. And at first I was really bummed out. I was like, I ruined like my chances of getting a job. Like I'm not going to get a job now and all this hard work in colleges for nothing because my internship was supposed to convert to a full-time job. But looking back, I think I'm super grateful that I learned that in in a 10 week internship rather than not trying sales. And then right now, applying to a bunch of sales roles and not having that experience and then potentially being like stuck in a role for one or two years. Um, So I'm grateful that I had all these internships during college. So I have a much better understanding of what I'm looking for full-time, even if it's going to take a few more months for me to find that position that best fits what I'm looking for. One thing that I uh, really liked 
about your guys' bio was I saw that you guys were helping out other people that were in the same position, the people that are coming out of college, getting them prepped for the workforce. Can you give us a little bit about what you guys are doing and how you guys are helping people in that space? Yeah, I feel like what sparked like our interest in helping others, like we faced a lot of challenges in our first one to two years of college, both in terms of like not knowing our major, what we wanted to do, um, and then also like what industry, what job we wanted to pursue. And like Isabella mentioned earlier, not having family or like a network who could kind of help us through that process and show us what that would look like. So once we started gaining internships and having a supportive network, we wanted to give back in some way. And I think that's so easy with LinkedIn, like offering 15, 30 minutes of your time, whether you're going on a walk or you in the evening, like there's always time to do that. And it's so valuable to someone else, just like we were so excited when we got, oh my gosh, the person I messaged on LinkedIn, it often <laughs> with me now it's so cool to be like the person messaging other people back. And then knowing they're probably really excited that they get the opportunity, but we do it. We did it kind of like independently. If we got messages from people, we replied, had a chat, stayed in contact and it was so cool when they reached out and said, your advice, like, help me land this internship. Thank you so much. And then we got involved with One Salting as well, which is huge in the LinkedIn community um, and helped out the two people who lead, lead the company, Jonathan and Jerry, kind of like spread the mission of the company. They reached out to us saying, hey, these people are interested in the companies you work for. Would you be willing to chat? And then shout out to uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, Javier and Jerry. Yeah, they're yeah, awesome. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. We we spoke on some of like their speaker series and webinars too. And then now just continue to do it, especially during COVID. I've been having a lot more chats with people, whether that's people that are interested in the bold program at Google or other companies that we both worked at. We're super passionate about giving back and definitely hope to continue doing that once we're um, in the full time. In, in our full-time roles. Yeah, I have, a, I have a question. Like, you know, as you guys kind of being new to the workforce and just graduating, what, what's important to you guys in a job? You guys have talked about dream jobs and, and whatnot. Like, what, what makes them a dream job? Is it is it the company, like the name being, a, you know, a big company like Google or Facebook or something like that? Or, you know, what, what is it for you guys? Yeah, I think for me, and this is something I kind of had to figure out throughout internship is like the work you're doing like matters a lot. Like obviously there's companies that really stand out to me and I really want to work for either because of like their mission, like how they treat their employees, like how they're regarded like in the industry, obviously that matters as well. But I think really focusing on the work you're going to be doing is super important for me. I've realized like throughout my three internships during college and like on-campus experiences that I'm super passionate about going to the HR talent space. So I think it's really important to take that time and learn that about yourself instead of just like submitting applications to any random role, because then once you start on the role, you might be unhappy. And then you might think like, oh, I don't like this industry where it might just be the role and you're just not working in the role that's the best fit for your strengths and um, your passion. So I think that's, that's super, super important. Like, I think to piggyback off of that, 
other traits that and I, I like we're twins and like we are like our best friends of each other so we talk about this a lot like if we landed in a dream company in a dream role outside of it being a big name or a leader in the industry what else matters and I think at big tech companies it definitely differs by team as well but for me having a supportive manager so even if I'm in a role and I'm not loving it having a manager who says like okay, what's your next step? What do you like? What do you not like? How do we make your day-to-day better? Um, How do I support you if you're struggling? I think also having a team that cares about you outside of just the work. So I've definitely noticed that and I've been grateful in my experiences where we start our one-on-one chats with, hey, how was your weekend? How are things going? They'll remember when I say something in my personal life. I think that really matters because at the end of the day, your work is a part of you, but it's not your entire life. And I think we both struggled with this in the beginning. We thought like career is my everything. I'm putting 100% into it. And we both got like really burnt out in our junior year in college where we just were so lost. All we did was career stuff. And our friends were saying like, you're missing out on so many things. Like you're not really happy. And it was because literally career was our entire life when we weren't focusing on other areas. So I think having a team and a manager that supports that is important. And then think along other things, knowing that your company at the end of the day is trying to do good, even if they're making mistakes along the way, at the end of the day, they care about the ethics, they care about the people they're serving, whether that's the employees inside the company or the consumers they serve. And I think that's so much easier for new grads now to follow because we have news on LinkedIn. Information is so accessible. And I would say definitely among my friends, like we do follow what's going on and we do care what companies are doing. And it's not just about the money and the success, but really like what is the company trying to achieve that's making a positive impact on people in the world. That's amazing. Um, it's a good answer. Yeah, that's a great answer. Uh, so I was thinking, so obviously it's great that you have your full-time role set up, um, but a lot of grads are not in that position right now, right? Or soon to be grads early in their career. A lot of people are struggling with rejection. Um, they're in dark places right now. What advice do you have for them to kind of lift them up, pull them out? Is there anything tactical that you'd, you'd like to share? I think I can answer this since I'm in that boat now. I think for one, it's really important to take the time to identify maybe like five to 15 of the companies that you really, really want to work at. And then the first thing would be try to build your network there. So reaching out to people on LinkedIn, seeing if you can get some time on their calendars to learn about opportunities or if they can help in any way. I think the second thing, and this is what I've learned from the past like four months of like applying is give yourself time to rest. Like, no, it's COVID. Like, no, it's a really tough market. I think I fell into the loophole of, I'm just going to submit as many apps as possible. Like, and then take the first job that comes my way, even if it's not aligned with what I want to do. But I think that's definitely a wrong way to go. And it's obviously very different depending on how your situation is. Like, I'm lucky that I'm able to live at home now, so I'm not having to pay rent um, on my own. And I've like worked in college, so I luckily have like some money saved up where I have like some buffer if I don't find a job by like my graduation date. I know I have 
like that security, but I think taking time to like reflect on what is it you actually want to do is super important because if you take your first full-time role and it's not aligned at all with what you want to do, then it's going to take you maybe one or two years to make that pivot. So if you do have that security of living at home, I would just recommend like taking time to really network at the places you really want to work at. So I'm hoping that 2021 more roles will open and I'm seeing a lot of companies like they're lifting their freezes and they're starting to hire more. So I am hopeful that it will bring on more opportunities in the new year. Um, and then I would, I'm like taking the, especially the holidays when things are dying down with the jobs of like making Excel sheet, like being super organized of the steps I'm going to be taking once 21 happens, like who am I going to be messaging? Like what websites am I going to be checking so that when January comes around, I'm not like scrambling, trying to make a plan for myself. I already know the one, like 10 steps that I'm going to be taking to um, hopefully like secure a job for myself. Um, and then like taking LinkedIn learning classes, um, trying to learn new skills, chatting with people. I think that's all things that you can do now, even if it's not actually submitting apps there's a lot of other things that you can be doing um to make yourself more successful in the new year when apps do start opening oh, guys we were again we were not this polished at 20 how old are you close. 20 yeah. 21 whoa amazing that's a shame twins amazing putting us amazing to shame answer. yeah yeah, I wasn't uh, even I close to that at like 30. <laughs> and we're, 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 not, like, we're not even there now. <laughs> yeah, yeah and the reason was, if Isabella has something, like with our first internship, Isabella was the first one that landed when I said, well, I'm like so behind. My twin has something I don't. And it's been a constant kind of like, we we very much support each other, not at all like competitive in, in a bad way, but like if she gets something, I need to. If she achieves something, then I need to achieve something. So we're always pushing each other. And I think that's what we have been like grateful for, even though we didn't have a family who was in the industries that we were interested in or like a network at the beginning, we had each other to kind of like push each other. Like if she was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm like, yes, you can. Like, this is one setback. Like we, we would be honest and um, we, we helped each other build resiliency like throughout our four years. And now during COVID, I mean, I'm much, so much supporting Isabella because I have my full-time job secured and I know it's been very tough with her, but if she's saying, Oh my God, I can't do this anymore. It's been so hard. I'm getting rejections. I'm like, Isabella, okay. You have your plan. And yeah. even if it takes more time, it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. So I feel like we're always going to be there for each other. And I think, like Isabel was alluding to building a network, your network is always going to be the one that can speak to you truthfully and kind of help support you when you're kind of giving up on yourself. Yeah, and just want to say like for anyone listening, especially new grads, like I seem like super confident on this webinar and like that I have everything figured out. But these past few months, I've definitely like had like breakdowns and like when I get a rejection, like when I was in the final round interview and like being like super, super hard on myself and saying like, nothing is going to work out. I've definitely faced those lows. So I don't want anyone to think that Isabel has everything figured out. And she's just like, has all these amazing experiences and like knows what she's doing. Like I've definitely gone like up and down um, in the past, like few months of like tons and tons of rejections and like doubting myself. So 
I don't yet. agree with that. I've had to tell her this weekend is fun. I'm taking you to the beach and you're not there thinking you about job things because mm. she's crying or she's too hard on herself or she thinks about how she's not going to be successful in the future. All these things like in the moment you're so mad about or upset because you tried so hard for something. But as long as you're working towards your goal, you have people in your corner to kind of lift you up something is going to work out and yeah same for me even though I have a full-time job lined up I had so many rejections and I'm sure in my full-time career there's going to be opportunities that I'm going to be rejected for so yeah just like know that don't compare yourself I think that's the biggest thing is LinkedIn is great for connections but it's also easy to compare um, and that's really not healthy for people. So yeah. Everyone is yeah. on their own journey. It's like a feed and constant stream of uh, people sharing how they got their new job, right? It's tough. Yeah. yeah and I think when people <laughs> share their new job, you look at it and you're like, oh, they probably didn't have to encounter like any like hardships. Like they just got in. They're so lucky. But it's oftentimes like they had to work super, super hard and probably got tons and tons of rejections before they landed that one role. Um, and you don't know how many months they were searching um, 100%. to get. So I think it, like, obviously it hurts. Like when you see every time when you go on your feed, because I see that too. I see like people constantly accepting new grad roles. Like I want to announce this. And I'm like, oh, well, today <laughs> I just got another rejection to add to my list. Um, but for me, what's been super helpful is when I get a rejection to list, like maybe one or two things of like, what is the benefit of me getting a rejection, rejected to this? Or like, what did I learn from this process? I think getting these rejections and going through this process, I really got a firm understanding of what I'm looking for in my role. Um, and getting rejections have pushed me to continue networking and really figuring out like what type of work I want to be doing post-grad. Um, and like I mentioned, it's within that like HR talent space. And I don't think I would have learned that had I gone in the first job that I applied to. So I think that's super important is when you get rejection, obviously it sucks. Like it takes me a few hours to recover, especially if it's a company I really, really wanted to work at. But just saying like, what did I learn? Um, was it actually aligned with what I wanted to do? And like, how is this going to help me like going forward? I think that's super important. One thing I really liked from both of you is you guys had a very specific thing that stood out to me about how you guys have been able to achieve success. Uh, for Kat, it was network. For Isabella, it was being intentional and seeing where you want to be in the future. I think both of those are genius. You guys are on the right track. Uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to get from Sergio and Matt and myself, what our advice would be, you know, to the listeners that are either, right out of school trying to find the job or may have gotten laid off and are interviewing to try to find that next job. Uh, I will go first. I think the one thing that people really need to focus on is if you have gone through a couple interviews and you have gotten a lot of rejection, I really do believe you need a coach. That is something I, I don't hear enough people talk about. And the reason is this, uh, I love Sergio Patterson. And I'm not just saying this because he's a great at it, but you need someone like that to hear you interview. Uh, great examples. We have a mutual uh, friend that we know that is going to Sergio. And this guy is a phenomenal human being. He is funny. He is intelligent. But when he's in an interview, he sounds scary. He, sound, <laughs> he sounds awkward, you know, and it's not who he is. Right. 
and he has little tendencies because of the nervous energy that he brings. You need to have someone that's willing to coach you and give you honest feedback because, you know, you need to hear what you're, what you suck at. Like it is so important. People don't want to hear that and they want to be kind of sheltered from that. But you know, at the end of the day, you need to know what you're failing at and how you sound, how you come off so you can fix it. So my recommendation would be get a coach and practice because interviewing as Sergio has said, it is a skill. Uh, Serge, Matt, you're too. Go ahead, Matt. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I'll go. I mean, I, I liked what you said about, you know, kind of like embracing the, the rejection and, uh, you know, like when you get a, a application or something rejected, it's, I think that that's so powerful because I'm just from my own experience, you know, I, I took me, I passed the bar exam on the second time. And if I didn't fail that first time, I would be nowhere close to where I am now, you know, because I failed that first time, the, you know, the prep class I went and took, it introduced me to, to my now boss and, you know, gave me that opportunity. And I wouldn't be anywhere close to where I am now in, in the legal world if I hadn't done that. But at the time, you know, when I failed that, you know, you couldn't convince me that at all. You know, it was, it was a horrible feeling. I mean, God, you, you prep for that for so many years and you got to wait like four months for the results. And, you know, it was just horrible. But I mean, I think that, that those failures can just really, you know, you don't always, it doesn't, it's not always apparent right away. It comes later down the line, but I mean, embracing those and understanding them and, and, you know, just being able to move on from it and keep going is, is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I echo both of what, you know, what you guys said. Um, you should listen, if you're listening, go listen to the episode I did on handling rejection. Uh, I break down all the tips, but, uh, I think, uh, Isabella, you, you commented on this, but uh, I think what you were getting at was finding your silver, silver lining. I think as I've gone through job searches, um, specifically for Facebook, it took me four different interviews to actually get the role I wanted. So I failed three times. And I, I was like, oh, I'm not Facebook material, I'll never get it. But the silver lining was like, I ended up realizing the roles that I was trying to go after, they were in really shitty orgs. It could have been a bad boss. So you have to figure out like, Okay, I didn't get this, but what what did I learn from that? And for me, that that was like the most important thing as people are going through these job searches is to like find that silver lining and get over the dark place that you're in. Because we're there's lots of people that are just like rejection, rejection, rejection. You got to figure out what are you learning in this during this time. Otherwise, it's like you're not growing. So I think finding your silver lining is the most important thing. Keeping that focus. Yeah. So twins. We just want to thank you for coming on our show today. You guys have been phenomenal. I just hope in three years when Sergio, Matt, and myself come crawling to you guys for a job offer, <laughs> you guys will at least consider us yeah. letting us work for you. But I, I have no doubt about your future. And I'm just, it's, it's really encouraging to see, you know, people that are so young doing what you guys are doing. So keep it up. Yeah, thank yeah I'm definitely you so excited to see that. where you guys go. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Um, yeah, and just want to say like good luck to everyone job searching now. And we provided a lot of like good tips. Like Sergio, Lee, Matt have also like put in some tips from their career journey. So like know that you're not alone getting all these rejections. Like pretty much everyone who yeah who's in a job went through the rejection phase to get to where they are now. So um, just remember like it's not going to last forever and just to keep a positive mind. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for having us on and good luck everyone looking for an opportunity or looking for a new opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys. So long for now. You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. Adios. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook, Inc., The opinions of attorney Matt McGorry do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.